more than overcame adversity I crushed it and I murdered thee I'm further than you'll ever be On fire like that third degree Thought it wasn't possible Said so in the chronicles Out to prove it wrong That's how I overcame these obstacles Thankful for the ones I love People rise, many fall Thankful for the men above Blessed to be here standing tall Highly specialized Change the game like a chameleon Maximize your range Bounce back higher Stay resilient Welcome to episode one of the Resilient Squad podcast. My name is Edgar and I'm here with my lovely wife, Rosie. Hey, squad. We are the founders of Resilient Squad. Today we are joined by my good friend, Abraham Gomez. What's up? To help us share our stories of resiliency. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Thank you, Edgar, for having me, Rosie. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here on the first ever episode of the Resilient Squad podcast. Yes, yes definitely. And we're Thank here you. inside the self-made training facility gym where you yes. two are helping other people achieve their physical dreams so um rosie and edgar you've been married for nearly 18 years and you have yes. two children yes. eddie and carissa yes that's correct. as i mentioned they're the founders of resilient squad a fitness and hiking a lifestyle brand where the mantra is inspired uh, by people knocked down by life but have bounced back higher Edgar got to share his story on KUSI News, and more recently, they were featured on Telemundo entitled Motivation and Hope, Motivacion y Esperanza. You can yes, follow sir. Edgar on Instagram at The Resilient Coach, Rosie on Instagram at Mrs. Resilient, and The Resilient Squad uh, on Instagram and Facebook. So as we start off, just to get to know a little bit about both of you, um, so Edgar, you met Rosie at her quinceanera, yes, right? Yes, that's correct. Yes. Okay, so my first question to you is, was Edgar invited or did he crash it? <laughs> he was invited, but I didn't know him. So, yes, he was invited. <laughs> so, was it love at first sight or what happened? Did uh, Edgar ask you to Yeah, was it love at first sight? No. It was. Um, funny story is um, my dad um, was right next to us when um, Edgar was introduced to me um, by one of my cousins who was dating his brother mm. and um, my dad had a little, you know, too many to, to drink. So him and I, Edgar um, and I were shaking hands and my dad actually went over there and separated our hands because oh, wow. he said it was too long that we were holding hands. So I felt that. <laughs> <laughs> At least he didn't pull out a gun. Yeah, no. No, right? <laughs> so Edgar from 95 to 98, you served in the uh, U S army. 82nd Airborne yeah. Division. Uh, yeah. Describe your experience and what you learned while serving. Oh, man, it was it was an amazing experience. You know, that was the first time I ever left home, you know, so it was that part of it was difficult in itself, just leaving the house, you know, mm -hmm. have to kind of learn how to be on my own. But I wanted to kind of get away and do something with my life. I wasn't sure which way I was headed. So joined the Army, um, met a lot of great people, you know, obviously made a lot of brothers now that I call, you know, for life how you get through life you know you just you just it's one day at a time so that, that's the same thing I applied to my life now good uh, Rosie so you worked as a manager um, with the gang unit at the Oceanside Police Department yes and you were accepted into the police academy what was that like and describe any interesting experiences it was actually um, very interesting did a lot of ride-alongs and um, I was certified as a 911 operator but I didn't actually do that mm -hmm. because um, like I said, I started um, working with the Oceanside Police Department, and they're the ones that pretty much convinced me to sign up as a as a police officer. So I did do it was a six months um, of background check, um, lie detector tests. Um, it was a long process. Finally got accepted, and the day I was uh, about to get off my car, I called Edgar, 
I said, I, I can't do this. I can't. We were dating, and I said, I'm. And he said, All right, come home. Wow. Didn't question it, um, but it was the best choice. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a, that's a big decision. I mean, you're yes. pretty much ready to <clears throat> go on with the process. Yes. And the first one you called was <laughs> the yes. guy the guy you met at the Quintanilla. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> I, Edgar, I don't know if you remember this, but I I, I met you. Uh, God, we're going to be dating ourselves now. <laughs> the yeah. early 90s. I come know, on. man. Long time ago. Boys to Man had come out. <laughs> yeah. Bell Biv DeVoe. Come on. There's all these. You know, ABC. All these, there you go. Crisscross. So yeah. when I met Edgar, um, his family had moved into the complex that I lived in. They had moved down from um, L.A. Yeah. And um, he, I remember I, I had met him. But So I grew up in a really strict Christian home. So I was never allowed to really listen to any secular music. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Edgar, this guy, Uh-oh. recorded for me um, a cassette tape. I mean, oh yeah. Now we're talking about cassette tapes. Now that's back in the days. <laughs> and it had MC Kid Frost <laughs> and a lighter shade of brown. <laughs> yeah. And on a Sunday afternoon was the the uh, oh, popular yeah. song of the day. I don't know if you remember. Oh that. yeah, those are the jams. <laughs> <laughs> so the Edgar introduced me to some secular music. So every time I listen to a lighter shade of brown, I always think about the cassette tape that, <laughs> that Edgar gave me. I still bump those. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, so. Edgar, you started drinking at 15 years old. Yes. You broke your nose in a fight, arrested for theft at the mall, arrested for assault with a deadly weapon. You attended Donovan State Prison twice as part of your your community service. (laughs) You got demoted in rank for DUI and going AWOL for 28 days. You lost rank and and pay for 90 days, served in the National Guard from 1998 to 99, but you started experimenting with cocaine and crystal meth. You were a bad boy. Yeah. You couldn't. You didn't. You weren't able to stay all four years in the National Guard. So, my first question to you is: as we get to know a little bit about you, is uh, what, what was causing you to do things like that? What was the motive behind all that? I guess. I mean, I guess it was just influences. You know, I was hanging around with. Maybe it was trying to find myself too i mean i was I was always trying to d- do something to be somebody you know but again it it all you are who they say you are who you hang around with you know and mm-hmm. i wasn't hanging around with the right people obviously so that was one of the main things i mean like i said i've always you know i wanted to do good things my intentions were always to do good things however i was not doing the good things and why because my i wasn't in it 100 percent, you know and everything i was doing i was just being bothered by something or, you know, whatever it is. The drinking obviously was a big problem. I mean, I, I, you know, I started drinking at an early age. Right. That's all I saw, you know. Um, so to me, it was normal. That was normal life to me. You know, it's just like, oh, this is just how life is. You, you know, you drink, you drink a few days a week, you get drunk, you have a hangover the next day and then, you know, do it, do it again. And that was just part of life. And that's all, that's the only lifestyle I knew. You know, I didn't know about fitness or any or hiking. Nobody in my, in my family really did that. So, it was all new to me, and however, when I was started doing all that stuff, I knew that wasn't me, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I felt something inside of me, like, you know what? Um, and one thing my dad told me once, too, he said, like, you know what? You have something special inside of you. You have a gift inside of you, but all my life, I was trying to find that gift, and I didn't right. know what it was. So, that, I don't know, and I think that was just, like, my way out, you know, to kind of, I don't know, just the easy way out, I guess I should say. And was part of it, like, uh, curiosity, or was it just maybe trying to look cool with your buddies or, or was it something that was maybe there's something deeper that you were trying to um 
to figure out. Yeah, one thing it was it was never I never felt peer pressure to do anything I tried drugs, alcohol, smoking, mm -hmm. any of that. It was all voluntary. It all came from me. If anything, my friends never really told me they'd come and drink. You know, I'm the one that reached out and said, I want to try this. I want to try that. Same with the cocaine and the, and the crystal meth, you know, and that got scary because once I tried that, I was actually liking it. I was love. I was liking the feeling, how it made me feel. You know, it was, it was just a different type of high. And I was like, wow, I, I'm, it was a different type of high from getting drunk, from getting high. I was like, wow, cocaine makes me feel like this. It makes me feel even another level higher. Crystal meth makes me feel like this. But I started doing more stupid stuff, you know, driving while, un while under the influence of those type of drugs. And I was, I knew what I was doing, you know, it's, it's not like you don't know what you're doing. You know exactly what you're doing, but you don't really think about the consequences when you're doing it. So that was getting scary. So when I would become sober again, I would think about what I just did. And that's when I was like, man, this is not good, man. I got to change my route because I'm, I'm headed directly to a dead end, you know. Now, Rosie, did you know this was going on or happening while he was um, in the armed forces? These things that were he was doing. I knew that he was drinking because um, at home, my mom had a curfew for us to. We couldn't get up, um, be on the phone past eight o'clock. Mm -hmm. But if Edgar called at two in the morning, it was okay <laughs> because he would call collect, and he was very drunk. And my mom What's would go. What's a payphone, right? Yeah, with a payphone. <laughs> Yeah, he would call um, call me like, you know, two, two, three in the morning. I was probably, what, like maybe 16, 17. And mom would say, Edgar's on the phone. Um, you know, pick up the other phone. Because, you know, back then we had different phones in um, different rooms. Mm -hmm. So, um, Nowadays, yeah, kids it was don't okay. know about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With the long wire So going I did know the fact that he was drinking. I just didn't know what else was going on. But we weren't dating at the time. Okay. Um, we just always had a crush on each other so <laughs> no well, when i started experimenting with the the those stronger drugs i was actually in the national guard at this time so okay. um we were we had just oh, started dating right. so so and actually one of the times i called do you remember to pick me up yes but um because I, I was like five in the morning or something I was, I was stranded and i called her and i was tripping on something and she came to get me and i think that's when i told you what i was yes. doing and you know and i told her man i need help i need to find a way out you know so so so, Luckily, I was able to stop on my own, though. But Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. some people can't. Yeah. So AWOL for 28 days? Yeah. Where'd you go? Where'd you, <laughs> Where'd you hide? I know, right? That was a crazy thing. I mean, it's like something I'm not proud of, but, you know, it, it happened. You know, and, like, I'm not ashamed to share it because I know there's a lot of, I know a lot of guys who've done it, you know. And, I mean, I, I was at that point in my life, you know, I had, I had been in the service over a year, um, I was feeling lonely, you know, I hadn't seen my family, my, I hadn't seen my mom, my brothers, uh, you know, they were, I had, you know, younger brothers, my youngest one was, I think, uh, five years old at the time, you know, but um, it was just getting tough for me, you know, emotionally, I was, I was missing home a lot, and yeah. um, going through a lot there, you know, with the military, the, the, the discipline, the strictness of everything, it was just getting to me, and, and um, I had, actually, I had gotten the DUI already on base first, and that's when, um, and I don't even have a car, but <laughs> I didn't even have a car at the time. I actually took a cab with my friends to the club, you know, to, to be responsible. But on the way back, there was a guy um, that I saw was leaving and he was so intoxicated, he could barely walk. And that's when I offered like, dude, you can't drive. Let me drive. And so a block down the street, the cop was waiting, just pulled me over. So that's that's what kind of kicked it off. Because then once I got busted for that, I had 45 days extra duty, which is basically you work your full day shift. 
and then you have to work a night shift, extra hours called extra duty from like six to 10 at night, every single night, seven days a week. So no rest days. So I was wearing the uniform every day. You know, it's like, it's, it's pretty much like being locked up, but you're just, right. I mean, you're working nonstop and, and they got you doing these crazy things, you know, like, you know, I was, I was outside during, during a hurricane, uh, warning, um, that had me rake leaves, you know, the winds are blowing like 30 miles per hour. And I was just laughing like, man, but, um, you know, put, uh, mowing grass or picking the grass with your fingers, you know, like I need you to cut this grass and stuff like that. But, but yeah, so during that time I, I got demoted, I lost pay and it was, it was just a, a very tough time for me. You know, I, I was really losing it all. I was still drinking every single night. I was getting off duty at 10, going straight to my room and just getting drunk because I couldn't take it anymore. I was just like till, drunk till two in the morning or something, get up at five, six in the morning and go run do our physical training you know, and just do it all over again. Every single night, that was my routine. And I was just like, man, I'm just, I felt like I was spiraling out of control. But, um, and then I got to a point where my parents were having uh, their 25th wedding anniversary back here in California. And I had asked for leave. And I had plenty of days saved up, vacation days, but it got disapproved. And I felt I was, I felt I was being discriminated because a lot of people were going home for the holidays and right. I couldn't come home. I felt I earned those days, you know, like, but um, and then I had asked for 14 days and my sergeant was like, maybe if you take 12 days, I might approve it. I was like, 12 days, really? Come on, man. Like, it takes me a day to fly, you know, back a day to fly there to the West Coast and a day to fly back. I was in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it got disapproved. That's what kind of triggered me. Like, you know what? Um, and then I had a sergeant ask me, what comes first in your life, your family or the military? And I said, my family does. So he told me that's where you're wrong. And I said, I'm wrong because my family comes first. So that really affected me. As I was, in my head, I was like, I'm going to show you who's wrong. Yeah. So I, that just caused me to, to take off. I had missed the, the wedding already. And um, it was already like a week or two after, I think. And I decided, you know what? I'm just going to leave. I'm tired of this. And that's when I left with the intentions of coming back, though, because I knew after 30 days of being AWOL, you are considered a deserter. Mm-hmm. And that's when you can get in trouble and locked up. Right. So, I mean, you can still get locked up even if you're under 30 days, but you have a little more leeway. Right. So I knew I'm going to, I'm going to take off for a bit to show them, show these guys, <laughs> you know, but man, did I pay the price when I came back? Cause I got, you know, demoted again, more extra, another 45 days, extra duty, another 45 days restriction. It means you can't go anywhere. I'm pretty much locked to the, to the base there. Um, demoted in rank, you know, banned from promotion for, for those period of few months. And, but you know what, but when I came back, I had a different head on my shoulders. I was recharged and I knew, um, you know, I was ready to pay the consequences, mm-hmm. but, uh, I had a talk with the captain and he even told me like, man, Rodriguez, why did, why did you do this, man? You're, you're a good soldier. Like, why didn't, why don't you just ask me? I'm like, I had to go through my chain of command, you know, and, and the chain of command refused it. So I did what I had to do at the time. I know it was stupid. I know it was wrong, but I just had to do what I had to do for my sanity. Right. So, he actually gave me the option, like, look, I got two options. One, I could send you to the, to the brig right now, which is military jail, or um, I can have you ride this out, but there's going to be consequences, you know. I'm, he's like, what do you want to do? So I, I was lucky, you know, and he gave me an, an option because, like I said, he could have locked me up. But I told him, no, I want, I want to finish my time here honorably. So luckily I was able to complete that. I got promoted back to my uh, ranks. I got all my ranks back mm-hmm. and got out honorably, honorable discharge. So. There you go. 
Uh, Rosie, uh, you have battled some some health issues, and some even um, recently you've had some back problems. Um, had to get some um, steroid injections, thyroid issues. Mm-hmm. Um, you gained a, it made you gain a lot of weight at the time. You you got laid off from your job uh, for the first time. Um, you fainted. You were transported to the hospital um, and diagnosed with. I uh, hope I'm pronouncing this right. Uh, vasovagal syncope. Syncope. Uh-huh. Syncope. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, what kept you going through all of that? And explain what um, what that uh, diagnosis is. Um, well, this most recent one was actually probably one of the scariest because it was it was so unexpected. But you know, everything I really truly believe everything happens for a reason. So that week that it happened, Edgar's car um, stopped working. It needed a new engine, which is you know something that also happened suddenly. So he was home with us while um, you know we, we all had to go in one car. So I would t- we would take the kids to school. Yes. I would take them to work. So usually he's not home in the mornings. And it just so happened that this morning I woke up. And usually no matter how how sick I feel, I still will go to the gym. And that morning I told her, you know, I'm, I don't feel that good. But I'm like, I'm still going to go. I'm still going to go. And um, anyway, long story short, he ended up going to the gym. I didn't. But when he came back, he, he showered. I went to um, eat some or make breakfast. And I just, everything went black. Um, I just remember um, kind of in and out, um, my kids saying like, you know, are you okay, are you okay? And um, my son saying like, you know, do I call 911? Um, my kids were in shock, right. I'm pretty sure. You know, and Edgar, I just remember um, kind of opening my eyes a little bit. Edgar um, holding me by, by my head. Um, I ended up fainting in the kitchen, you know, as I was cooking and um, completely like knocked myself out. Um, my head hit the, you know, the the floor so hard that it, it just took me out. And I actually thought I was having a seizure, too, because my body was uncontrollably shaking, you know. And, wow. yeah, the ambulance, you know, our, our kitchen is not that big. So it got filled with firefighters, you know. And I just remember, like, kind of going in and out of consciousness. Like, I remember stuff, but then I don't. And I just, I remember, like, the parts I remember, it was, like, chaos, you mm-hmm. know. And, you know, then making it to um, getting in, put into the ambulance and, and being taken to the hospital, you know. And, and the whole time my body is, like, shaking. I thought I was also um, having, like, um, some sort of seizure because mm-hmm. half of my body was going numb. And it was just really, really scary that I know probably traumatized <laughs> all of us, you know. So it was super, super scary. But And how, how are you doing now health-wise? Great. That same night I was ready to get working out again (laughs) i did have to take a few days off but other than that um you know the doctors did say if it wasn't for this healthier lifestyle we're we're living now i wouldn't have bounced back as quickly as i did wow Mm -hmm. yeah you've you had a lot of things happen um, suddenly you know the car and car not working um you got laid off on your job i mean how uh, must have been devastating you know for you to let they let you know that you're you know, you don't have a place to go to work anymore. How, how did you deal with that stress? Yeah. Well, again, everything happens for a reason. So mm-hmm. um, this job, um, I was actually, it was a permanent position. So for the past few years, I've been working part-time jobs because I was going to school full-time and, you know, being a mom and doing all, all of that other stuff. So I had been working part-time jobs. And um, so this was my first full-time job in 
probably about 10 years. Mm -hmm. So I was really excited for that part of it. You know, it was a block from my kid's school. Everything about it seemed so perfect. But yet, the first day I started, it was a nightmare. And I was there for about two months. And um, I remember going home and crying because of how um, I was treated. You know, I had never been um, in any of my jobs. I had never been insulted mm -hmm. or, or um, you know, sh or, or talked to like I didn't know what I was doing. I've always been promoted and loved. So um, I just remember on um, on one of the on a Friday before I actually was fired. So I wasn't <laughs> let go. I was fired. And um, on the Friday before I was fired, I went home and Edgar was just relaxing, you know, laying down on the bed. And I just put my arms over him on his back. And I was in tears just of how stressed out I was. My kids saw it. They felt it. I was so unhappy. And Edgar had um, recently had started here um, working at Selfmade. Mm -hmm. So um, he's like, you know, I see how unhappy you are. Start, you know, getting your certification and come join me. And um, to become a personal trainer. To become trainer. a personal trainer, okay. yes. And, um, but I'm, I thought, I can't. You know, I went to school, I got my master's for human resources. This is where, you know, I have to be here. Um, the following Monday, um, I remember getting to work and I just like looked up, you know, at, at God and I said, please release me from this. I don't know how but I, I can't be here anymore. Mm -hmm. And um, two hours later, I was fired. And um, I called Amen. Edgar. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I called Edgar as I was walking out. I couldn't mm. stop laughing. <laughs> I was so relieved. Even he started laughing. He says, yep. I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing because I'm happy for you. Yeah. Um, it was... You're like, I'll walk in there, fire me again. Oh I'm ready to get out of here. Right? And, and <laughs> I'm here now at, you know, just, just I think that that weekend... Um, or the following weekend, we came and met here with the owners at Selfmade, and they welcomed us with open arms, and they said, both of you, come out, come on in. We would love to have you guys here as trainers. They've been amazing. Corey and Alicia have yeah. been just so amazing. So here we are. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. So everything happens for a reason. So we're going to get to how the beginning of Resilient Squad started, so we're kind of just diving in to <laughs> yeah. get to know um, Edgar and um, Rosie. And one of the biggest um, things that you, as you have on your web, uh, website, uh, <clears throat> resilientsquad.com, yeah. um, one of the big turning points was a letter. So Rosie wrote a letter to you. So yes, after a night of heavy drinking, you, Edgar, mm -hmm. um, you were in the bathtub and you passed out um, with the water running. So tell me what happened that night. I mean, like I said, most of it is a blur. You know, I don't, I don't remember much of it, but. I do, I do know that it was routine. It was like a thing that happened a lot. Not, not the bathtub scene, but I mean, you know, I'm used to taking showers every night, regardless of how drunk I am. So I always have to take a shower before I go to bed. So I'm assuming I went to take, try to take a shower, but somehow I decided to take a bath. I guess it was probably easier, because anyway, she said she found me in there with my clothes on, and I was just laying in there, you know, so like lifelessly. So um, it was shocking to hear when I heard that the next day, obviously, but. She said she walked in on me and she heard the water running. So that's what made her get up out of bed and walked in on me and found me there. So almost like underwater, submerged underwater. So, you know, when she told me the next morning, I was just first off. My first thought was like, how did you get me out of there? But because, you know, obviously I weighed like 
two three times more than you but <laughs> but yeah the second thought was just like man how did i let it get this far you know like i thought here you are you think you're in control of something but i just i lost total control and rosie tell me about the letter that you wrote him after that incident <sighs> oh gosh okay mom it still gets to me <laughs> I, I just know that he was such an amazing man when he wasn't drinking and whenever he would drink I, I couldn't rely on him I didn't like that feeling and we were always trying to, um, you know, teach our kids just to be, you know, the best they could be. But yet, you know, it's like I remember Edgar saying, like, I don't ever want my my son to drink or my kids to drink. But yet he was doing that, you know, and and it's it, it would confuse me. I was like, why are we trying to teach them something? Yet, you know, we're over here doing that. We're not practicing what we preach. So I I wrote him a letter and I said, you know very detailed um you know it's like when when you're not drunk you know you're this amazing man you you're so reliable so helpful but when you're drunk you're the complete opposite and i can't you know if there's an emergency you with me you can't take me if i need to go to the hospital you know just i got very detailed and i said if things don't change i'm gonna have to leave with the kids and i had never ever ever threatened divorce or anything that was the very first time and the last time i ever had to had to um say that what was your reaction when you read that letter well yeah it was it was heartbreaking you know i was like i was in shock my first initial reaction i think i was i was upset i got mad like mm -hmm. my first reaction i was upset i was like how is she gonna tell me this you know like she married me like this. She knew I was. Uh, I used, I drink. She knows I smoke. This is this is my life. This is our life. She chose me, so my that was my initial reaction. But obviously, my I snapped out of it real quick and I said no. Like she's she's a hundred percent correct. You know, like the reason she wrote that letter is because she loves me so much. You know, and and that that for a lot that took her a lot from her to to write that letter. And and I know and I realize that that she wants she wants to help me. You know, and she wants to help us as a family. And so that right there kind of clicked in my head. And I was just like, man, you know, this is real. Like, you know, it just hit me. Like, it just got real. I, I need to do something. I need to change this routine. But how? Mm -hmm. How am I going to do this? That's that's the thing I didn't know how I was going to do. But I, I we did have a talk, you know, and I told her, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to change. But I can't guarantee anything because I've been doing this for so long. You know, it had been, I don't know, 15 years already, I think. I've been, I had been drinking or 20. I can't remember. But. So, like I said, I, um, I just decided I'm going to start doing something about it. So mm -hmm. little by little, I started to make changes, but, you know, started with um, starting to work out, try to limit my drinking, control my drinking to the point where I don't get intoxicated. But, you know, that wasn't always perfect. So she noticed I was trying and I was trying to make changes. But like I said, it was it was like an up and down, like a roller coaster. You know, it mm -hmm. was never it was never consistent. So. So, Rosie, uh, what was going through your mind as you saw Edgar engaging in self-destructive uh, behavior? How, do, how were you able to at least keep the marriage going or intact 
and trying to raise these two kids and you know there's tension and strife between you two you know and there's people that are going through some this kind of struggle in their marriage right now what can you tell them um how you were able to deal with this and um what was going through your mind well yes like like edgar mentioned earlier um I never really wanted to say anything because it is true. When we started dating, you know, that's what he would do. He would drink, and I, I never drank, so I was always the designated driver. Mm-hmm. Um, but his pers- personality would not change. He would He wasn't like an angry person. He wasn't upset. The only thing is, you know, it's like yeah, he couldn't, he couldn't drive. He couldn't completely walk all the time, you know. Um, but he never got violent or anything. So I think I kept convincing myself, you know. He's still this, you know, 95, 99% of the time. He's an amazing dad, amazing husband. So why is, you know, why am I going to be upset about that 1% when he's drinking? You know, I I shouldn't even let it bother me. I kept telling myself, telling myself. And yeah, that started affecting me too inside because I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever tell anybody about how I was feeling. So I started holding those feelings in, Mm -hmm. um, and, and just, you know, it started affecting my health as well. You know, I started gaining a lot of weight and just feeling that depression as well, you know, and um, until it kind of finally started um, after the, you know, this incident started, you know, kind of started working towards getting better. So did your kids ever make any comments or anything <clears throat> about dad? And Yes. So at first we thought it was kind of funny because we would always go to parties and dad used to drive but i remember my kids saying why is does dad always drive to the parties but yet you (laughs) You drive drive home (laughs) yes yes so that was and then one year i think it was new year's and my son we were at my parents house for a party and in the backyard you know all the guys used to kind of hang out there drink and smoke um that day all the kids were um, in one of the rooms you know watching a movie Mm -hmm. i remember my son running out i was in the living room and he's like he was in tears. He's like, Mom, I just saw my dad. He's doing drugs. And I thought, oh, my gosh. You know, I mean, I knew exactly what it was. I knew he was smoking, but my son must have been like five or six at the time. So, you know, to him, that's what they're taught. You know, uh, cigarettes are, are drugs. And when he told me that right away, you know, because Edgar used to always hide so the kids wouldn't see him, um, especially smoking, you know, drinking. I mean, that wasn't such, you know, like a, a big, big deal, but the smoking. So that day, um, I think my son, you know, Edgar had to have a talk with him and said, like, you know, just because I drink and I smoke doesn't mean dad's like a bad person, you know. So th- as they were getting older, they started um, just, yeah, noticing a little, you know, little different. Or they'd be like, is dad dizzy again? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Feel a little dizzy. Yes. So, you know, yeah, they definitely. But yeah, I would tell my kids that too. Like, just because somebody does this or that, you know, there's. People can be responsible and drink, you know, and, and even smoke. So just so they understand, like, just because if you see somebody doing that, it doesn't mean they're a bad person. Don't look at them as a, don't label them as a bad person, okay? Right. Now, it depends on your intentions. You know, if your intentions are to get drunk and, you know, get hammered, then that's a bad thing to do. It's a bad habit. And that's what I told them. I have some bad habits that I'm trying to clean up, and that's, that's the way I explained it to them. So, but, but yeah, it was mostly that. Like, my, you know, when she told me about my son seeing me smoke, I was like, man, how, how am I here? telling them I don't want them to smoke when they get older, you know, or, or drink, and I'm doing it, so I got to make changes again, and it was, like I said, it, it was just little changes here and there, you know, trying to make progress throughout the years, and um, that was in 2010 when she wrote me that letter, 
and then I think I remember in 2014 was when I had another incident where I I drank so much you know I came home and I didn't end up in the bathtub but I just remember the next morning one of the days I don't remember what happened right but the next morning I just felt like I felt like I was gonna die at my I mean I, I must have had alcohol poison or something I, I drank so much I, I just felt it, and I saw her that morning. I saw a look in her eyes, and she gave me the look, like, you did it again, you know? And she didn't say anything, but I could just tell I hurt her again, and it hurt me seeing her like that. So this time, you know, and every time something would happen, I would say, like, I promise I'm going to stop drinking, you know? And she's like, like kind of like, okay, you always say that, you know? Mm -hmm. So this time I didn't say anything. I didn't say a word to her, and she didn't say a word to me. We kind of knew, and that's when I knew. That, was, that day was... August 31st, 2014, that's the day I decided to fully commit and make a change and um, really release everything, all the negative stuff I had. And um, I stopped smoking that day. I stopped hanging out with my friends, uh, my best friends that I've had for over 20 years. You know, that's when to show her, but mostly for myself, obviously, but right. to prove to myself that I can do it. But I need to do something drastic, you know. So that was one of the hardest things I, I had to do. But um, four months later, I ended up smoking one more cigarette, but it was because of the environment I was in again. Mm -hmm. You know, I had gone four months without smoking, and I was like, all right, cool, you know. Um, I, I was able to manage my drinking to just like one or two beers here and there once a week. I was able to control it finally, but um, and I, since that day. But yeah, when, when, I, when I realized I started smoking again, I was like, okay, now I have to really separate myself from any environment that puts me back in the situation because, you know, anytime you're hanging around with somebody or you're at a place where you used to do those kind of things, it triggers those, it triggers those memories back, you know, and it puts you in that state of mind again. So, so after that day, I purposely stopped uh, hanging around those places, and now I have I've been smoke free for over four years. Um, I finally stopped drinking completely. Mm -hmm. so I've been completely sober for eight months haven't gotten intoxicated in over four years and but i've been completely sober for eight months now and i plan on that's staying great. like that forever so that's great i hear i hear your when you describe your story um, almost like this, this personal struggle like there was a conflict inside of you you were fighting to become a yeah. better a better man first and then for your for your wife but then i also look at her side and I, I got to give you some credit, Rosie, because you stuck by him and you're a strong woman, you know, not only for your kids, but you were patient and you saw who Edgar was, just as you had mentioned previously that, yeah, you know, he's a he's a good man. And, you know, he just has these 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 things that he's battling. So mm -hmm. I, I give you all the credit in the world for staying strong and sticking by his side. Oh, yeah, I give her all the credit too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and, um, you know, with all that happening, um, I read somewhere that you, you decided to go on a hike and mm -hmm. this was the birth of resilient squad. Um, a little, little later on down the line. Right. So, so explain about you went hiking. I think your brother yeah. and his wife invited you hiking and then describe that experience, what you saw and what inspiration did you did you gain from that experience? Right. Well, yeah. First of all, to to discover what you just said, but yes, definitely give you all the credit because you had the courage to write that letter, and I know that took a lot. So, thank you because you helped change my life. So <laughs> you started the ball rolling. So definitely you deserve all the credit. Um, 
But yeah, so because also you were taking a risk because what if I said I don't want to change? Yeah. Then we wouldn't be here today, you know? Yep. But you took that risk because you knew who I was and the type of person I could be. So I appreciate you for that. But yeah, so start back to the hike. Uh, my my one of my younger brothers invited us on a hike. He he hadn't even gone hiking either, but he's like, hey, let's go on a hike. Yeah, it was a potato chip rock in um Poway, Poway California. Yeah, you've done that one, right? Not yet. Oh, you haven't. We're gonna have to bring you out then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. But yeah, so we went out there. Him and his um wife invited us on a hike. It was gonna be a group hike. So we're like, yeah, let's try it out. You know, I was we were already kind of working out and doing a little bit of fitness, not too much into it though but here and there so we went on this hike didn't know what to expect and man it was one of the tough it was a tough hike it was our first hike right and obviously the toughest hike we've ever done because it is a pretty hard hike you know it's it's close to seven it's actually close to eight miles i think round trip so that's 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 a lot you know for somebody who hasn't really hiked and then you also climb almost almost two thousand feet in elevation gain so pretty steep but during that process, during the hike, I mean, we were just in awe. We were both so inspired by it. just the everything was just so serene. You know, the the outdoors was beautiful. Here, the birds chirping. It was like wow. It's like there's like no drama out here. There's no no city. No, it, we just really felt. Actually, we felt closer to God. You know, we're like wow. Right. It's like something we had been missing. I think for a long time, and just being outdoors was like the first step. You know, we're like wow. We we can actually talk here Rosie with, you were on this hike also I was yes. Oh, okay yes. yeah yeah we were together and um we were just that's the thing like with no distractions you know we, mm-hmm. we got more chance to talk and um experience that sh- that struggle together you know mm-hmm. climbing this mountain which represents life a lot you mm-hmm. know like are we gonna make it you know you want to quit so many emotions go through your through your head like I can't do this man my leg hurts yes. oh my everything hurts you know and you're like I, i'm not gonna be able to do this but then you say no yes you can and you know and you motivate each other and we make it to the mm-hmm. top and we celebrate and you know we just thought about that for a while We're like man we we love that feeling that feeling of of victory of triumph you know getting to the top and that mm-hmm. felt so great and we're like man we got to do this again but mm-hmm. you know i'd love to show more people you know i want more people to to feel what we feel by doing this because it's something so simple you know right i mean like to say it's simple but it's not easy you know it's like all you have to do is, climb, is walk if you if you're capable of walking you know you can climb a mountain but it, it it is very hard and um but anyway so we were inspired by that and we continued hiking during that time period but it wasn't as often maybe once every month or every couple months here and there but we thought about it you know we were thinking about something we could do something with this to help other people so um and how did Res- resilient squad come about that idea of maybe starting a, a hiking group or you know what was the so you remember that initial idea <laughs> yes well for many years you know edgar well he's he's been a graphic designer for years so he's always talked about wanting to um start a brand you know but he wanted to start it with something meaningful and he's he struggled for many years coming up with something when he finally came up with the name something you know resilient he was trying to look for almost not like a like a mascot but just how to create this logo. logo okay so um at this point um edgar wasn't working he was doing some freelancing at home and we met up for lunch this day and he came in with little post-it notes and on there he had all these little sketches 
and and that's actually it's the logo you have on the hat right now. Right. It's a tardigrade. Um, I did not know what that was. I What's had never heard of it. It's also called a water bear. It's also called like a moss piglet. Anyway, um, I looked at the at what you know his little sketches, and I'm like, what is that? And when <laughs> once he started explaining what it is, my jaw dropped because I said, that you need to use that and I'm like you wowed me just with <laughs> these little sketches um i'm not sure if you even know what this tardigrade is about a, a little bit he's explained a little bit to yes me. because it'll survive so in, yeah it's yes. one of the most resilient you know creatures on earth it's an eight-legged uh micro animal and it's, it's microscopic you know small it's only like 0.5 millimeters in size so it's one of the smallest creatures but but it can pretty much withstand, survive any ex- extreme environments, you know, from boiling water to freezing temperatures. It can survive like a thousand times the amount of radiation that a human can. It can survive in the vacuum of outer space. So many things. It can even survive without water for like over 10 years. So um, that, when I heard all these things about the tardigrade, I thought, how can, you know, such a little tiny creature survive these, you know, huge overcome all this adversity you know like extreme circumstances extreme yeah yeah. so it just reminded me of of us as humans you know a lot of us humans we face we face a lot of these uh you know traumatic events you know uh, whether it be uh financial problems loss of a job loss of a loved one and we go through these experiences you know sometimes extreme conditions but yet we we gotta find a way to overcome and survive you know and so it reminded me a lot of the tardigrade so that's when I was like, I put two and two together. I'm like, that's the perfect logo, you know, for my our brand, you know, Resilient Squad. So, and resilient, you know, meaning to overcome adversity, to overcome misfortune, to bounce back. And um, Squad, I just picked because Squad uh, is, is, a, is a group of people, you know, a small group of people. And our tagline is actually, many will fall, few will rise. Which, and, and to translate that, it's basically saying, we're all going to fall, you know, we're all going to, we're, you know, we're all going to fall at one point in life, but only few of us are going to actually overcome that and rise. But the, the, the thing about that is we all have an option. We have a choice, Yes. but not everybody's going to choose to rise. So that's, that's the point of that. See, cause it's, e- it's easy to stay back. It's easy to fall and stay there, you know, and, and, um, and dwell on what you say, I don't have this, I don't have that or make excuses, you know, but it's it's hard it's very difficult to overcome that and push yourself push and challenge yourself and push past your limits so that's that's where that came from so everybody goes through hardships in life tragedies loss and just as you're saying uh everybody has a choice how are you going to deal with it some will go back into drinking or something that will numb the pain or Mm -hmm. suppress it or others will just go right through it. And it is a choice. And like, you're right, as you know, many will fall, few will rise, because it takes more work to get right. back up yeah, and to does. even surpass where you were at, you know, than when everything else came. So then you, what happened? You got a group together, what, you, there's a, a squad, you got a squad, you, you squatted up, what, yeah, what so, happened? <laughs> <laughs> so we got our squad shirts, yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we actually <laughs> planned our, our first official event, which was a, a hike at Potato Chip where it all yep. started. Wow. Mm-hmm. We had That's already awesome. done a few hikes at different places, but we're like, you know what? We need to start back where we started, Potato yep. Chip Rock. 
we hosted our first event we had about 30 people show up so nice. we were like wow and yeah and we gave them all shirts and um, it was cool you know it was, it was a great experience for all of us and that was kind of the, the birth of Brazilian Squire where we started mm -hmm. and um yeah we started since from that day forward you know we, we were like you know we need to do this more often so we started planning more group hikes you know and we started doing them um, almost every week from then on, right? I think in 2017. Oh yeah, that was the yep. next year. Okay, this we launched in 2016 mm -hmm. um, with our first hike, but then we would do them sporadically every month or so, group hikes. And in 2017 is when we kicked it up a notch and we started doing it weekly. So we signed up for this challenge called the 52 Hike Challenge, which is one hike every week wow. for a year. Mm -hmm. So we're like, you know what, let's do this. So we're, we're in, you know, and, and, and we did it. We did 52 hikes in a year. Um, we also did uh, another challenge called the Six Pack of Peaks, which is six of the highest peaks in Southern California um, in that same year, 2017. Um, the highest one that we did being San Gorgonio, which is a uh, little over 20 miles round trip. Yikes. And <laughs> it's almost, it's over 5,000 feet of elevation. And you go as high as uh, 11,500 feet. So that was a long, long day, <laughs> long walk. Oh, yeah, yeah, and very early in the morning because they would invite me in. It's like <laughs> wake up time is two thirty, three o'clock oh, in yeah, the morning. Yeah. I'm, I'm barely. That day was like twelve thirty in the morning. Oh, so. twelve thirty wake up call. <laughs> and yes. as, as you did these hikes, as you did um, the fifty two hike challenge, a six pack of peaks. Did the, uh, was there more people uh, joining the squad? Was the squad um, getting bigger? Yes, so um, throughout we started meeting um, different squad, you know, different actually um, just people who used to like hiking. And there's a lot of hiking groups out there, but, um, you know, and, and everyone, for some people, maybe we weren't the best group. Mm -hmm. For others, we, be, we started becoming a family. So every week we would have some of the same, um, you know, squad members right. come join us. And some of them drive from, you know, the Los Angeles area. They'll drive from, you know, pretty far places. But because we've formed this family, you know, and enjoying, you know, the, the outdoors together, it just created this really cool bond, you know, and, and many of them have actually shared their stories of resiliency on our page. So, um, you know, which has been pretty amazing because they all have some, you know, amazing stories. And that's perfect segue into my next question because I, I was going to ask you, um, what has the response been? And... Um, uh, share one of the most impacting stories um, because of Resilient Squad. And, you know, each one of you can share mm -hmm. one that's impacted you most. Yeah, well, like, yeah, definitely. One of one of the most impactful for me is uh, one of my friends, Josue, Josue Barron. He's, um, he's a military uh, veteran. Mm -hmm. He was injured in a war in Afghanistan. He lost his left leg and his left eye. And he reached out to me one day. He's like, like hey bro i want to get a picture uh, on the, one of the mountains with you like uh, like you guys have <laughs> of me and my wife i'm like okay well do you want to like we can just drive up to the top of a mountain and get a picture if that's what you want or do you want to earn it <laughs> mm -hmm. so he's in he has a prosthetic leg he's an amputee above the above the knee mm -hmm. um so he's like no nah, i want to earn it bro so i was like all right well so let's start with a small a smaller hike you know so we, we took him out to calavera hills here in carlsbad you've mm -hmm. done that one i believe yes so that one's, you know, it's still challenging. It's still a little bit of a climb. I think it's about 500 feet. We took him out there, and, man, he did it like a champ. He just went up there like nothing and climbed that mountain to the top with his family. And they were, we, we, we helped with the little kids. They had two little ones at the time. Now they have three, but we helped take them up. And um, I was just in awe. We were just, it was a proud moment for us, actually, you know, seeing them. And something they've been wanting to do for so long, but so they 
they were thankful that we were able to help them achieve their goal of, cl of climbing, a, you know, climbing the mountain together. And when they were at the top, took some nice pictures of them. But they were, although they were happy, he wasn't satisfied. He's like, mm. nah, bro, I want to go higher. Like, <laughs> let's take me to something more challenging. I was like, okay. That's so, <laughs> so we went to um, Iron Mountain in Poway, okay. which is a six-mile hike. That's that's a lot, and um, that one's a little over a thousand feet of eleva elevation gain, so it's more than double what, what he just did. So we showed up five in the morning, and cranked it out. Also knocked it out like a champ. Got to the top, got his beautiful photos, and man, it was just for us. It was just it was just so inspiring to watch, you know, like to see that. The I know he was struggling, you know, and but you know he he doesn't show it. He's the type of person he won't tell you, you know, and a lot of us. We struggle too, you know, and but we're quick to show it or we're quick to complain or make an excuse about this hurts or that hurts. And it's like, it's about how bad you want it. And his right. goal that day was to get to the top of the mountain, regardless of how much pain he was in or anything, you know, he, he was going to get to the top regardless if he got to crawl. To that, that he picture, he yeah. even told me that. He's like, yeah. dude, if I have to take my leg off and crawl, that's what I'm going to do. Wow. And I believed him and I said, I'm going to help you. I'll, I'll put you on my back or something, but right. we're going to make it to the top. So just hearing that, that, you know, that motivation, the inspiration, I was just like, man, you know, there's, we can't make excuses out here. You know, we, we got to push for what you want and just make it happen. So, and he had all the, all the, the, the right in the world just to mail it in. He could just been sitting at home. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Not doing anything. Right. Because of his condition and is missing his leg and his left eye. And he and this, wanted to get out. And this wasn't to prove anything to anybody. It was right. just to do it because he wanted to, something he wanted to do and kn and knew that he can do it if he put his mind to it. And, you know, and, and he did. And anyway, so proud of him for doing that, you know, and, and for for showing others that, you know, your, your mind is a powerful weapon. You know, if you convince yourself you can do something, you can do it. Right. Hey, Rosie, what was the uh, one of the most impacting stories for you um, that came about? Yeah, well, we actually um, have a lot of, um, you know, like I said, amazing stories. Um, and obviously not amazing in, in a great way, um, but just amazing to see how they've bounced back. Right. So um, one of uh, our squad members, her name is Janet, she actually um, started following us because of the word resilient. She mm. said she looked up resilient and found us. Um, she actually was hiking up um, Cucamonga Peak. It was a snow hike, and she actually fell um, 600 feet down and um, had to be rescued by a helicopter. But she, you know, broke ribs, um, punctured her lungs, um, all, you know, her fingers like split open. It was just horrible. Um, it took them two hours to find her. Um, but she survived, she made it. And she's, you know, still out here hiking, you know, every weekend. And um, now we've actually, um, I think it was last year, we were contacted by um, a high school and we started um, speaking. So we invited Janet. She's one of the speakers that came with us to high school. Um, Josue is one of them. We have another one, Cody, um, also who, you know, was involved in an, in an avalanche on uh, Mount Baldy, fell a thousand feet, you know, and survived as well. Um, I think just a month after Janet. So, um, you know, all these stories just, they, they come back and, you know, it, it's amazing how, how they can keep on living just like the tardigrade, this exactly, right. you know, <laughs> That's and that's why I think that was a perfect, perfect um logo for, for our resilient squad because that's everyone we've met, has one of those type of stories and, yeah, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's a very um, powerful um me uh, meaning behind the right. tardigrade, you know, yes. where 
whatever life throws at you, like there is a way out and you might mm -hmm. not think there's a way out, but there's, there's actually people there that want to help you. Yeah. There's people there that love you. You might not even think about people. And a part of the, you know, the struggle that, that, um, we have as people, sometimes it's a pride thing that we don't want to you know, tell somebody we're hurting or mm -hmm. we're depressed or we're in a low place. You know, it's, there's that shame, but there's, but there's so many people around that want to help you and lift you up and get you back on your feet. So don't ever, you know, keep doing what you're doing because, yeah. you know, there's people right now uh, that are going to be listening to this that, that are going to be inspired to say, you know what, I can do this. Mm -hmm. I can yes. come out on top. Definitely. You know? We actually do have um, a squad member who um, we, got, we there was a point in, you know, in throughout this resilience squad where we were like should we keep going because we're also parents and you know we have two full-time jobs we have our kids mm -hmm. and they're in sports should we keep going and it's almost like whenever we get that feeling something happens um one of our squad members contacted us and said you know he was in a really bad spot um in his life and um he said if it wasn't for us you know who knows where he would be but that we ha saved his life that's awesome and wow that you know, kind of reassured us, <coughs> we, we have to keep going, you know, yeah. we, we have to keep going. Yep. So you both are personal trainers. Obviously, we're here recording inside yes. um, yes. self-made training facility. Yes. It has become a lifestyle for both of you. <laughs> yes. You look at your Instagram pages. Uh, Edgar's got some guns. It's a gun <laughs> show all the time. We're you trying, man. We're trying. Rosie, you're looking great. You're looking fit. You're coaching you. others to um, uh, live a healthier lifestyle. So what can you say to someone who doesn't like how they look or how they feel about themselves. What is something you can tell them to um, maybe to start that change? Change it. <laughs> I was gonna say, no, but yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, to start the change, like I said, it's always, you, like I said, you almost have to do something drastic, you know, because it's easy, it's easy to start and say, okay, day one, here we go, right? Everybody starts with day one. And that that's the easy part, right? Mm -hmm. The hard part is get to day 21, you know, where, you make it a habit. It's no longer, a, you know, just just a fad or just a, a phase you're going through or mm -hmm. a, a Monday through Friday type thing because you you just have to find dig deep down and find your why. You know, why are you doing this? Why do you want to change? You know, and th and that's what you have to get down to. And for a lot of people that like clients that we've been getting in, also that's how we get, you know we we talk to them. And we ask them, what is your why? You know, why are you in here? Why do you want to change the way you look? You know, like and why today? What yeah, caused what, that? what made you? come in here today and and do this you know and i know my why too you know like what the way i was feeling so a lot of times i can relate a lot of people we meet you know they're, they're going through tough times they they used to be in shape or they used to be in sports and now you know life caught up to them and you know they want to get back in shape and i we totally understand that you know we've been there you know a lot some of them are into drinking a lot and they're trying to quit i've been there mm -hmm. i can help you you know and and it's it's about shifting your mindset you know and it is it is as simple as just a flick of a switch that's it if you want to quit smoking quit if you want to quit drinking just quit that's how easy it is but again it's not that easy <laughs> so you know and, that, and you have to learn how to make that to jump the line you know for a long time i had i felt like i had one foot in one foot out you know right and it, it's not until you actually jump to that other side that you can really soar and really see changes you know and you have to commit you can't just kind of want it you have to want it so that's definitely what I recommend to people, you know, just go all in, you know, and and you'll definitely see results. Right. As you said, the, the mind is a powerful weapon. Yes. But I also like you said, you got to find your why. Yep. Find your why and 
you get some inspiration right. out of that. Rosie, Definitely. what would you tell somebody that doesn't like how they they look, feel, what you know, they want to? Well, do we were actually different? having this this conversation on the way here. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of different um, trainers. Uh, all of us in here, we are we're all target something different. Right. Um, when I first came in, I knew that I I was not like. You know, I didn't know everything about be, being a personal trainer, mm -hmm. but I do know how to be someone's friend. And I do know that a lot of the times when someone is ready to make a change is because it comes from the inside first. Yes. So a lot of the clients that I have, um, we've become really good friends. And because I talk to them so much and, you know, kind of like start digging deep inside and I kind of like want to work on that before working on the exterior I want to help them like um, heal the inside and I have one specific client who said I don't care if I don't lose any weight I don't care if I gain weight but I need to come and see you because you're my therapist <laughs> like every week she is here every week you know and if she can get a, an extra session in she will um, and she drives quite a way but um you know, she says, I don't, I'm not going to change my eating habits because I'm okay with how I look. I just need to feel better. And mm. she says the other day, um, she actually told, um, you know, she told her husband, I'm going to sign up for another month. And he said, well, I don't really see a physical change. I see it like an, a, a mental change, but I want to see what this is about because why do you love it so much? She brought him in. I give him a good workout. And, um, he says, I understand now. I understand why you're here because I, my main thing is I want all of my clients, I want to hear them laugh right. whenever they're with me. And it doesn't matter, you know, how I make them laugh, but I love happiness. So that's, that's like my, my main goal as a trainer. Um, and if they lose weight, that is, you know, now to give her cherry on to, top. But to give you credit on that, <laughs> that client you're talking about, she did lose weight. Yeah, she, she has lost she weight. Has. So it's, it's not like she has 18 pounds. Oh, yeah. wow. See? Yeah. So, <laughs> that's great. But yeah, yes. but like she said, working from within, yes. it'll, it'll almost happen automatically yeah. because, you know, your, your, mm -hmm. your goal can be really to lose the weight. It has, it's why do you want to lose, you know, why do yes. you want to do And it gets your why, like she said, mm -hmm. you're feeling inside and then the rest will happen. You know, the rest yes. will come naturally. So you'll actually reach your goal. Mm-hmm. I hope people are, as they listen to you share your story, your experiences, um, what you've gone through and what you're doing now, um, that it all started with, with the change. And then mm -hmm. you started doing, you started doing some, um, self-care, right? Yeah. Self-love. Right. And then you got this idea, like, I want to do something. You got inspired and it wasn't necessarily to get famous or get well known. It was mm -hmm. just that you just wanted to help somebody else. Yeah. But, but look how f how many lives you have touched with something. I wouldn't call it simple, but something very sincere. You you started a hiking group, you right. know, exercising and fitness, and you started reaching people from different walks of life. And you know now they come for therapy. You know, aside <laughs> from losing eighteen pounds, you right. know, they they gone through some you know traumatic injuries and they come and they they want to go hiking with you but uh, w what's awesome to know is that you might think like well i don't have any gifts or i don't have any talents but you you have something in you that will touch lives beyond your wildest dreams so i want to commend you for all of that you know thank you it started thank from you. a little thought and now it's you know you're reaching so many people you know your story is is on the news on KUSI on Telemundo <laughs> yeah. you're reaching the um and that was in Spanish you're reaching the Hispanic yes. community but you're reaching everybody and right. i think that's that's 
awesome and that's what we should be doing is helping and inspiring others right um so with that being said um i'm honored to be on the the first uh episode of this podcast thank thank you you for um thank you for uh, for inviting me thanks for inviding me (laughs) to help uh grill you and i you know truth (laughs) be told i didn't prep them i didn't tell them any questions i just wanted to come and just just kind of ask them questions um but um you're starting resilient squad podcast so now this is another uh, part of a resilient right. squad so tell me what your your purpose is what your vision is what your dream is what you hope to accomplish um with with the future episodes of the resilient squad podcast so the the purpose of this is we obviously want to continue doing these podcasts where i'll be hosting next time i, I might have you come in some help me out a little <laughs> bit you know you do such a great job at it but but yeah definitely i definitely want to bring like rosie was saying we have a lot of stories that our squad members have shared with us. We have many stories that they submitted and I, I want to, I wanted to find a platform where we can share them with the world, you know, right? because people should be hearing these stories and they, sh- they, they there's so many different, you know, things that have happened to these people and, and how they overcame them or how they're going through these struggles. And that's what we want to, we want to share. So we want to bring, we're going to start off with the monthly podcast and bring in a, a guest every time and, and share their story, just like we're sharing our story and really try to b- inspire other people that maybe can relate to their story and maybe they can't relate to ours you know maybe they can relate to this person or that person and that is our, our ultimate goal just to keep spreading stories of resiliency so other people can be inspired that's awesome that's mm-hmm. great um what is your biggest regret in life both of you i want to uh, hear to answer that oh man i think i guess my only biggest regret is not starting sooner you know like <laughs> i felt like like you know, I could have started way sooner. I would have, I would have been uh, really buff by now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of work, you know. It's a lot of work to get in shape, to get fit, and man, it's like. But no, yeah, seriously, like I would, I wish I would have, you know, started a lot sooner, changing my lifestyle, you know, like it's to break the break the mold, break the chains from the life I was used to living, you know. I, when I was, you know, in my twenties and my thirties, I always envisioned myself being old and gray, you know, my in my fifties, sixties, mm-hmm. and the vision I had was just kind of hanging out, drinking beer, you know, out in the backyard barbecue. That was my vision. And now it's like, I want to climb the biggest mountain. You know, I want to, I want to inspire many people. I want to help other people uh, reach their goals. Um, I want to be, you know, one of the most, uh, I want to be at my best physically. And uh, like I said, I just, I I just want to challenge myself every day to be better and better. And how else can I push myself, you know, and how can I, inspire my kids before you know i i wouldn't want i didn't want my kids to be like me i would tell them you know you say do as i say not as i do right but how that's you know that's being a hypocrite and i can't do that so now i can i can say i can honestly say you know uh, do as i do or actually do better than me you know i want them to surpass me learn the things you can learn from me but obviously there's so much better you can always do you know anybody you know sky's the limit so that's what I would say. <laughs> Rosie, what's your uh, biggest regret? I would say probably um, I wish I would have written that letter to you a lot sooner. <laughs> it might have not worked, <laughs> because, though. No, um, I remember, like, you know, our first few years being married, I, I remember saying, like, I wonder if there is, like, a such, um, like, marriage where there's no alcohol involved. Like, mm. I don't know, because... You know, in, in growing up, that's all I saw in, in you know, my family, my uncles, right. you know, my dad. It almost seemed like normal because everywhere we would go, that's what it was. 
And then, you know, I, I'm, I, I marry Edgar, almost, you know, the very same situation. Um, so I, I didn't know any different. But I just remember one day thinking, like, I wonder what it would be like on a Friday night to be home and, like, in my in our pajamas watching a movie. You mean, like, you mean Netflix and chill? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember, like, thinking that, you know, feeling yeah. that. But I thought, no, that, that life doesn't exist. And now that we're living that life, sometimes it's, like, eight o'clock on a Friday night and, you know, we're like drinking coffee and, and watching a movie. And I'm like, I love this. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. And I love it, it too now. Yes. <laughs> and you can yes. wake up on Saturday morning and go work out or do yes. something. Yes. Wake up at yeah. five in the morning. Yes. There you go. go run. <laughs> okay. So now on, on the other side of that to- uh, token, um, what are you most proud of? This guy. <laughs> <laughs> so I so proud because... I've never really had what you call like an addiction. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that feeling, Mm -hmm. but just hearing from other people and the fact that he gave it up, just almost cold turkey, just kind of went for it because of a simple request like that I, that I asked for. You know, like sometimes I think Mm. about it, like, was that selfish of me to ask him to stop doing something Mm -hmm. almost like for me? But that's why I'm just, I'm very proud of you. Thank you. (laughs) What about you, what about you, Edgar? What are you most proud of? Um, I'm I'm very proud of this brand that we started up together, you know, and that and that we're doing all this together because it obviously, you know, we we signed up, you know, we signed the contract to be as one, you know, and mm-hmm. when we got married, and um, that's always it's always been a challenge. Also, when I was starting to get into fitness, and um, I was when I was trying to make changes, I mean, I was kind of going at it alone. I felt, you know, a lot of times alone, and right. it was very difficult, you know. But once you joined forces with me and came on board, you know, it just it was it seemed much easier and we can all do it together. And now our, now our kids are actually catching on and now they want they're talking about becoming trainers. And, you know, it's really? it's kind of cool, yes. you know, like that's awesome. So I'm, I'm very proud that I was because of you, I was able to make the change and I was, and was able to start this this movement, you know, and we're not only inspiring my family, but other yeah. people everywhere, you know, and it's it's. It's just if I can inspire just one person, I mean, I've I've done my job, you know. I feel like, right. but obviously, I want to push for more, you know, and inspire many people because that's that's what our mission is. Now, who who inspires you, Edgar? Who's your biggest inspiration? Oh man, you know what? Uh, that's a tough one. <laughs> Let me see. You are a big inspiration for me too, though. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I see. I. See, uh, ever since, like I said, Rosie wrote that letter, I, I I give her, like I said, a lot of credit. I don't give her as much credit as I should, but like that took so much courage, you know. Like I said, to to do that, and you inspire me every day for everything you do. <laughs> and um, whoo, it's getting warm in here now. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, you know, I I see you working so hard now and and helping all these people, and you're just being very genuine, just being yourself, and that's it's just so awesome to see, like you know, this trickling effect, you know, how how now you're helping others and your charisma, your, your everything, your generosity, your, your, you know, your selflessness. So you just, you just generally care about everybody else and you put everybody else before yourself. So I want to learn from you and continue to inspire me. <laughs> Thank you, baby. All right, I'm good. Rosie, who inspires you? Again, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just seeing, um, just seeing everything that you've gone through. Um, he showed me the the timeline he sent you, and <laughs> yes. even though, even oh, though I man. knew all of that, but seeing it, you know, almost like on paper, it was just like wow. Like you can write a book <laughs> about your life, you know, and just to see, like you know, on the outside you see this, you know, beautiful smile and you know, confident person and um but yet it's like all of that is inside and it's just i'm just amazed at you know <laughs> but speaking of the timeline for, for the listeners that can't don't know what that is but i sent abraham a timeline of pretty much of my life right and a lot of them a lot of them were bad experiences or downfalls <laughs> i guess you would call and there was there was a lot of them where i should have ended up probably in jail many times but luckily like I said, be, I think I thank the Lord for that because I, know, I tell him like my life is boring. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have. I don't know how I got so many cool things that have happened. To so me many now. chances, but everything happens yeah. for a reason, and, yes. and and I really believe you know God has a plan for everyone, and right. that wasn't my plan. That wasn't my route I was supposed to take, but mm-hmm. I just I just kept bumping into walls, and I had to, I had to find my way where, you know, I was like a pink like a what is it a pinball machine just bouncing around mm-hmm. and finally found an outlet <laughs> yeah i read his timeline I'm like oh whoa whoa <laughs> yeah i didn't know that about you and um yeah that's a definitely a story of resilience maybe one day you can just post that your timeline oh, yeah. on the oh, yeah. on that's the page idea. so people just can see what you have gone through and even you too you know mm-hmm. the other things that um we didn't have time to mention on here that you've you've dealt with yeah. um i mean raw and real that's yeah. that's yeah. that's what it is um it is and, what uh, it is Oh, so one of the crazy things was um, I mentioned earlier how um, when Edgar moved from L.A. down to Carlsbad into the same complex. So, you know, we're we ended up moving um, to Vista, California after a few years and I lost touch with mm-hmm. Edgar. I didn't know about Edgar for almost 20 years. Yeah. So I don't know if what happened to him and I would ask some people, but they didn't really know him or. Yeah, they knew him. I didn't know if he was still alive or still like <laughs> or in jail, <laughs> yeah, or where he was at, you know. And the crazy thing is, is that it was such a small circle. Like some of my cousins knew you and knew your yeah. family, but we never had made that connection. You know, one of the, I guess, one of the positive things about um, social media was Facebook. Is that wait, is that Edgar? Oh yeah, yeah. And my brother, who knows you and your family too, had, yeah. It's like, oh, you know, I just saw him on on Facebook. I'm like, what? You know? And then so we started, so we reconnected after 20 years, yeah. which yes. is um amazing and crazy, and it's awesome to right. see. You know, where, you know, we're, I remember Edgar had a flat top. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man, that was the style. See, <laughs> yes. Edgar had a flat top. See, I remember. And, um, you know, so it's great to finally, after so many years, you know, reconnect and, you know, see what's, what's happening in your life. And, you know, yeah. I, I want to share like a personal um, yeah, story that, uh, you know, Edgar, he, Edgar took me on a hike on one of the lowest points of my life. You know, yes. I was going through a really bad breakup, yeah. man. I was, I was pretty devastated. Um, so I'd never really been on a, on a hike. Um, and we, we had breakfast afterwards and yep. I was at, I was out of shape. I was lost. <laughs> you know, I felt hopeless, but you were there for me and you inspired me, um, to push forward. I started getting in shape. Um, yeah. I lost 30 pounds. That's I even, awesome. I ran a half marathon and because of you, uh, you decided to be there for me. Um, it, it really inspired me to continue forward. And, you know, I am part of me being where I'm at in my life now in this yeah. phase of my life is because of that, that deep, um, 
um, thought to be resilient, to push forward, and just to be there, be available for everybody. So I, I just want to publicly thank you, man. You, uh, I mean, you, you man. saw me how I was. Yeah, yeah. You know, not too many people would. I would let them see how devastated, how crushed I was. And yeah. um, even you, Rosie. You know, you made some comments. You're like, you're such a different person now. Yeah. From yes. you know, we, I, we played on a, a basketball team. Yep. You know, we played on that's a right. rec league team. That's right. Mm -hmm. And um, was still trying to find my way. And um, you know. I just want to say thank you for for that. Um, no, thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. So uh, both of you can answer this, and we're going to be wrapping up soon. Um, change isn't easy. Edgar, you let go of some of your friends. Um, you gave up drinking completely last July. So my question to both of you is, wh why is it so important to have good people around you? Um, definitely because, well, you, you know, like I said, you are who you are around. You know, you're, like mm -hmm. I said, you're, if you're if you're the smartest one in your group, you need to find a new group, mm -hmm. right? So that's what I've been doing, you know, just trying to find people, people that you want to be like or people that are doing things you want to do. That's what you got to hang around with, you know, and that's the, that's how you learn. You know, you ask questions. You, you know, I want to, we want to do a podcast. So here we are with you, you know, and <laughs> not, that's not why, that's not the only reason, but, you know, you're a good friend of mine. But, you know, and that's, that's what you got to do yourself to level up and move up and um, just keep finding people influencers that can help you get to that next level mm -hmm. what about you why, why do you think it's good to, important to have good people around you well again that's kind of something we were talking about on the way here um i didn't prep them with these questions <laughs> no, i no, promise no. no i think i forgot what it is we were talking about something um you know like how to help find your, your why. why i was talking about finding your why because yes. i'm reading a book called mm -hmm. Mil Millionaire success habits, and it talks about that. So we were talking about that in the yes, car. Yes. So, like I told her, um, one of my main things, like I love seeing people laugh and smile because I love doing that. I love how it makes me feel. Um, I'm always like wanting to like try to make my kids laugh, and like you know, I just love happiness, and um, and and that's what I want to do for other people, you know. And Edgar was asking me, why is it important for you to, you know, like for example, for our kids to be like successful and or you know, just different questions he was asking. I said, <laughs> it actually doesn't matter. I don't. To me, it, it it doesn't matter if they are successful or not. It doesn't matter if they make a lot of money. If they don't, my main thing is I just want them to be happy. That's my only my only mm -hmm. request in life for them to be happy because I know what it feels like to be happy. There, there's a lot of things that have happened in our lives, but if you see things a specific way, you kind of understand why things happen and it's always for a reason. So a lot of things don't really get me down too much because I always kind of try to see the bright side of things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I like, I just, I really love being happy. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just my main thing. Yeah, so. It's important to have people that add to your life. Yes. That build you up. Because there's a lot of people that will come and just take and take mm -hmm. and take and take away and you leave you empty. But you want people that challenge you, challenge your thinking, to expand your mind, yes. expand your thinking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you guys are going, like-minded individuals are going somewhere in life, you know. Right. That it's important to surround yourself with. And Yes. And yeah, and I know like everybody needs somebody, you know, you always need somebody just like here. We we're trainers, but we also we train with other trainers, you know, mm -hmm. to push to help push us and elevate us. Because a lot of times, you know, we even us, you know, we will slack off and we're like, oh, you know, you're not mm -hmm. pushing as hard as you sh you could. But 
you know, when you get another trainer pushing you or a coach, mm -hmm. you definitely push it to that next level. Like, man, you know, you realize how much you weren't get, how much effort you weren't giving it. Mm -hmm. You know, so. So. You got the letter, and spoke to your emotional side. You guys have both worked on the emotional part of your life. Now you guys are literally working on the physical part of your life. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but now you're starting to work on the spiritual part of your life. You've recently started attending North Coast Church in Vista, California. Yeah. So my question is, what are you discovering about God, and what are you discovering about yourself? Oh, man, well... First of all, let me tell you, can I tell you about the dream I had? Go ahead. Tell me about the <laughs> dream you had. Well, you know, I was raised, we were, we were both raised Catholic, you know, in Catholic religion. And, um, you know, we went to church for a long time and um, stopped going, I think, a few years after we got married. Because, you know, just, I just never really felt, I mean, you know, obviously there was days you do feel we had that feeling close to God. But a lot, most of the times it was just, I wasn't really fully committed, you know, mm -hmm. I guess. I wasn't feeling it. It was we stopped going for a long time but anyway i i just had a dream a month uh, about a month and a half ago and i was going to i was going through some kind of emotional time almost like a depression you know i was depressed thing and and um a lot like these things you don't see on the outside you know it's just right. well mm -hmm. she'll see it but <laughs> you know it's like you're going through these things and sometimes you don't you can't explain why it's just it's just a feeling inside of you like mm -hmm. you have this, you have you have a house you have healthy kids you're healthy and but yet you don't feel fulfilled. And I, and I couldn't explain it. And I was just like, I would cry sometimes. I would get off work and I would cry my way home. And I was like, God, I, like, I don't know what's happening. Like, why do I feel this way? And I was talking to God, you know. And and um, so this night I had a dream a month and a half ago. And, I, and in my dream, I I, um, I got bit by a snake. And I remember looking at my hands and there, the veins were just popping out of my hands. And then, um, so I was just kind of scared. But then as I looked up, I, I saw this like almost like a skylight or like a window opening up and just opening up and I saw these rays of bright light shining through like from heaven, you know, and I and I just I just said, wow, that's God speaking to me. To, he's opening the doors to come visit him. Right. And that's what I was missing, you know, and um, so I woke up and I immediately told Rosie about my dream. I was like, I had this dream about God and I want to go to church, but I want to go to a Christian church. That God has been telling me to go to these one of these churches to check it out. She's like, "Okay, I'm I'm in. Let's do it." I was like, "Okay." So, I told my kids, you know, we're gonna go to church, and I'd I'd like you guys to join me, you know, and participate. And this is something I feel I need, and and as a leader of the family, I feel like I need to do this, you know, mm -hmm. because I'm I'm missing a piece of the puzzle. So, so yeah, we went to North Coast, and it was amazing experience from the time just when we got off the car. My son already said something like, wow, this is cool. It, I already feel, it feels pretty cool here, Dad. And I was like, wow. And that, to us, it felt like cool. You know, that was awesome. Because I didn't, I didn't, teenagers too, I, didn't yeah. so. I didn't expect that <laughs> feeling, you know. And I was just like, have an open mind. You know, you don't have to love it. But, you know, you do have to attend because we're going to go as a family. Mm -hmm. So so we went in, heard the service. And the music, I think, right away immediately hit us. You know, the lyrics. And it was just powerful, very powerful and just I think we both just let out a few tears, you know, and it's like, wow, I just felt this release inside, like, ah, oh, this heavy burden, this weight on my shoulders just mm -hmm. dropped. And and it was funny because I think that day the the sermon was about when it's they were the pastor was talking about um, the kingdom of God and 
and how you're either in or you're out. You can't kind of kind of want to follow God. You have to be in all the way. You know, you can't just pick and choose things from the Bible that you want to follow, you know, and say like, oh, I want to do this and not that. You know, you have to go all in. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that day we said we're going to commit and go all in, you know, do what we have to do. And obviously we we have a lot to learn, you know. We we just started reading the Bible, you know, and you know, and have so many things to learn and um but we're definitely committed to with our new life with with God now as as our, you know, go to our main go-to person and he's the one that leads the way, you know, it's 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 his life, you know, that that we're we're following so his footsteps. And what have you discovered about God and even and yourself through all this? Yes, well, again, you know, I, I was also um, raised Catholic, and um, but it was almost one of those, yeah, you, you didn't have a choice. It was like, well, you go, you go every Sunday mm-hmm. regardless, and that's it. You know, we just go, no questions asked. So um, even though we stopped going a few years after we, we were married, um, we still believed, you know. We still right. pray every night. Right. We still pray before dinner. We mm-hmm. still say grace after oh, yeah. dinner. Um, so our kids believe, but, um, you know, when Edgar told me about his dream that morning, I mean, he, w- he was in tears and he says, you know, I need this. I really need this. And I'm like, well, I'm there, you know, and we, we talk to the kids and our kids are they're Like when we tell them, you know, we, we need to have like a family meeting or we're going to you know sit on the table and talk, um, you know, Edgar. He, he got very emotional in front of the kids. They even got out of their chairs and came and, you know, mm-hmm. hugged him. All of us hugged, you know, and it was very powerful. And he right. explained, you know, I'm I'm always giving you guys my 100% for your sports, for your games. It's like today dad needs needs you guys to support him. And um, and like you said, you know, as a leader of our family, I, I need to do this and I want all of us to go together. Um, yeah, I think it's kind of changed all of us. Um, it's almost reconnected us as a family again. Yes. And it's just been so amazing. My kids are like, it feels like, I forgot what the analogy my son said um, about how he feels when, when like you, I think he said something like, you know, after you've had your shoes on all day, you mm-hmm. take your shoes off and you're like so relaxed. He's like, mm-hmm. I feel like that when we come out of church, it That's just awesome. feels so relaxed, yeah. you know. And um, they both are really enjoying enjoying that peace, you know. Plus, they love like the hot chocolate we get to drink while we're in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And before we end, I got one more question, but I, I just wanted to comment on what you talked about and had a family meeting. Um, that I hope doesn't get lost in all of this is that there's communication in the family. There's yeah, honesty. There's mm-hmm. a, a relationship that's built. Yes. Um, your your kids listen to you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure they have their their moments where they want to yeah. rebel, but you know, both of you and you, as you said, you're the leader of the home. You take that time to build a relationship with your child, yes. your chi- your children, you know, your wife. You guys are yeah. constantly in communication, yes. um, and perhaps maybe that's something that someone listening to this may need to work on. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. having a, re- a better uh, relationship with their spouse, communication, mm-hmm. being there for their children, going to their games. Yeah. You know, um, that's a powerful thing. That when the parents get it right the home become the house becomes a home right you know and i hope that doesn't get lost in everything that we're saying is that you actually striving to have a relationship with your kids um, with each other and that's powerful right you know mm-hmm. so that's something i think that that we, we can all work on yep. definitely yeah to add to that yeah commu- communication is very important and i think 
I know a lot of people struggle with that, but I, what I would tell them for the, to fix that is just be honest with them. Be honest with your kids. Be honest with your spouse. Mm -hmm. Honesty is key, you know, because like with our kids, you don't just ask them how their day is. How was your day? Okay, it was like this, and that's it, and end it there. You tell them how your day was. Tell them about your day. Tell them how you're feeling. Tell them how, what's what your what's your struggles are. What's some mm -hmm. of your stress? Open up to them, and you'll see them start to open up to mm -hmm. you. You know, a lot of times we try to force them to answer questions or, or do this and that or, you know, have trust issues. I've told my kids all my stories, everything, mm -hmm. you know, like everything. I don't hide anything from them. And I and I tell them pretty much everything I've been through. And they're like, wow, you know. And But by me doing that, it allows them to open up and trust me because yes. they're like, you know what? I tell them I'm, I wasn't. A, I'm still not a perfect person. You know, I wasn't perfect. I'm still not. I'm still going to continue to make mistakes. That's part of being a human. You guys are going to make mistakes also. You know, all I ask is that you learn from those mistakes. Don't continue making the same mistakes. And that's that's key. You know, communication, trust, you know, is, is a big thing. Yep. My final question to both of you, uh, Rosie and Edgar, it's been a it's been awesome. Yeah, it's, it's been, been cool, great. Man. It's been awesome. Had a, we had can a, go all night, man. We can keep going. <laughs> we can yeah, go we, on, but I don't know if this computer is going to hold our yeah, memory. Yeah. <laughs> all the, yeah, all the, the whole episode. But um, you have climbed physical mountains, literally physical mountains, while you were in emotional valleys. What do you say to someone who is depressed, lonely, hopeless, struggling in life, struggling in a marriage, or suffering from physical uh, or emotional pain? Rosie. That you will get through this whatever you're going through you will you will get get through it keep going keep going edgar i would say man first and foremost you got to find god because god will get you through anything man like mm -hmm. like rosie was saying we've always believed in god you know mm -hmm. and we've always prayed to god but a lot of times we only pray to god when we need something you know when you're hurting when when you're when you need a favor please god help me but you got to Thank him for every day, for all your blessings, you know, mm -hmm. daily for thanking for what you do have. Don't look at what you don't have, you know, and that's what a lot of people, I think, take for granted. And and um, just, you know, yeah, there's always hope, but you got to believe. That's the one thing you have to believe. You know, um, a lot of times um, we want almost like God to come physically do something. But no, it's not his job to do that. He's going to be there to guide you, but it, it's your job to put in the work. You know, mm -hmm. you still got to put in the work. So definitely put him first and everything else will fall into place. And with that, um, do you want to give out your uh, your Instagram screen names, the Resident Squad information, any events coming up? Sure. So, yeah, you can follow us on our Instagram at Resilient Squad and Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, our website, ResilientSquad.com. Our personal Instagrams, mine's The Resilient Coach. And Mrs. Resilient. Um, yeah, we have... We now that we're doing, you know, we're doing hiking and fitness, so we're kind of combining the two. It's mm -hmm. not just hiking anymore. So we do still try to host monthly group hikes, which we usually post on our Facebook page. And we also now are hosting one or two boot camps here at Self Made in San Marcos, um, um, one or two boot camps a month also. So if you want to get your fitness on, welcome mm -hmm. to join us. If you want to get your hike on, welcome to join us. And, you know, like I said, we just want to inspire people to you know, to continue working on themselves, not only physically, but emotionally as well. 
And don't forget to mention on ResilientSquad.com, you can get some cool gear. I got a cool windbreaker and I got a (laughs) great hat on. So, you know, not only you can be a Resilient Squad member, but you can also show that you're a Resilient Squad member. Definitely. Yeah, we got more new merch on the way right now, working on some new designs. This should be out in a few months here pretty soon, probably by next month. And um, yeah, I look forward. We're, we're doing we're doing a video shoot here also this month, mm-hmm. which is gonna be awesome. I don't want to tell you details, but it's gonna <laughs> be cool. So be on the lookout for that. Yes. Um, a few events too. Um, oh we'll, yeah. We'll be speaking at a few um, high schools again. Some of them are continuation high schools, okay. so it's um, you know high schoolers that are um, about to enter the world. You know, uh, seniors, juniors, and are kind of you know in in the in situations that they're not sure if they can even survive, mm-hmm. um, you know, being an adult. So it's re- been really nice to know that, um, you know, we, we've they've uh, the schools have reached out and they want us to go back and speak to some of these students. Um, also, we'll be um, hosting a couple events with, um, like the was it the Fallbrook firefighters? Well, the first or? one is the we're doing the war. It's called the Warrior Hike with uh, I think it's San Diego County Parks who who does that one. Um, but it's uh, it's. That one's a hike at El Cajon Mountain, so we'll be there participating with them. That one is, I believe, in May, May. for Memorial Day. I don't have the exact date yet, but we'll be posting details on our website. And then in September, we'll be also participating in an event for um, for 9-11. And that's with the Firefighters Association. Right? What is it called? North County Firefighters Association. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a really cool event for September 11th to honor all our fallen heroes. Um, lo- so honored to be a part of that event as well. So we'll be there joining them. We'll have a probably a booth set up and we'll be donating a portion of the proceeds to a, a local nonprofit organization. We'll be doing the hike. So definitely some cool events coming out this year. That's great. That's awesome. Um, I'm honored to be a part of your podcast, um, the first one, and started this one off with a bang. Yes, um, thank you. I do want to say to people that are listening to this podcast, don't forget to share it. Like, you listen to it and you like it, share it. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, Definitely. tell a coworker. They say that one million podcasts are being listened to every single day. That is a new uh, media. That is a, a new avenue to reach others um, mm-hmm. in this, you know, changing you know, media climate, um, podcasts are becoming really popular. So, um, don't forget to share it. Tell somebody about, uh, resilient squad, um, podcast and, um, can't wait to hear the next one. I appreciate it. Thank you, Abraham, for, for hosting this for us. We appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be here today. And, um, I'm glad you were able to be a part of our first episode. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. More than overcame adversity, I crushed it in emergency. I'm further than you'll ever be on fire like that third degree. Thought it wasn't possible, said so in the chronicles. How to prove it wrong, that's how I overcame these obstacles. Thankful for the ones I love, people rise, many fall. Thankful for the men above, blessed to be here standing tall. Highly specialized, change the game like a chameleon. Maximize your range, bounce like higher, stay resilient.